R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Reemployability. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. I'm sure you've heard at least part of that before. It's the unofficial motto of the U.S. Postal Service. But did you know a great majority of postal transportation is actually done by private contractors? Greg Reed is the executive director of the National Star Route Mail Contractors Association, and this week he'll introduce us to what makes his transportation organization different from the rest and some of the technologies vital to the growth and operation of the logistics industry. Greg, thanks so much for being with us. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend uh, a little bit of time to explain to our listeners what it is that you do and some of the neat new things that you're putting into your organization to help uh, kind of, I, I guess, simplify, update, and, and, and really start to attract more folks to the transportation world. Your organization's a little bit different than a traditional transportation association. So um, would you mind telling us a little bit about what National Star Route Mail Contractors Association is and uh, what it does and, and what makes you guys a little different? Sure, no, it's my pleasure, Todd. Thanks for having me on to talk about the work that we're doing here. And I think it's pretty exciting work. Uh, when I first came on, which was not too long ago as the executive director, I said that postal service contracting was the best kept secret in transportation. And the National Star Route Mail Contractors Association was the best kept secret in postal service contracting. Um, and we're trying hard here to change both of those um, so that people recognize you know, the possibility and the opportunity of working with the postal service. and and how that can be a really successful way to pursue uh, a transportation uh, a transportation business. So, you know, our association is unique because postal service contracting, it's unlike any other transportation work out there. And so a lot of transportation trade associations take a much broader perspective of the industry and they don't specialize as much as we do. Um, but we are dedicated to supporting those transportation companies that contract with the United States Postal Service. The United States Postal Service in, in 2021 uh, spent about $4.7 billion in contracting its surface transportation network, relying on over 1,800 suppliers. But most people don't know that the Postal Service does any contracting with its transportation needs. Because when we grew up, all we saw was that Postal Service truck pulling up to our, our mailbox and we assumed that it was a Postal Service fleet behind that last mile delivery vehicle that was moving the rail around the country. In reality, it, the opposite is true. The Postal Service contracts out nearly all of its transportation needs short of its final mile uh, delivery needs. And even then, it actually contracts out some of its last mile delivery needs. And most of that transportation today is over the road, a significant component that's in the air. But as part of the Postmaster General's sort of ambitious 10-year plan, more and more volume is going to be moved to the street, which means it's going to be moved in the trucks that are run by the members of this association. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in and of itself, that's why we're different than most transportation trade associations. But if we take it a step further, we're different as well because the Postal Service's 
requirements to be a successful partner, a successful contractor, are unlike any other shipper in the country. It's not good enough to be within even a 15-minute window when you're delivering the mail to a postal service facility. You have to be within five minutes in order to be on time, and nobody else expects that which is why a lot of transportation companies in the past haven't gotten involved in postal service contracting because the demands are beyond anything they face in, for example, the commercial freight market. We're working with the postal service to make it more accessible to transportation companies so that we can modernize and diversify the surface transportation network. And the association is working with existing postal service contractors to also make those demanding on-time deliveries more possible through technology and innovation and efficiency. So tell me if we don't mind, if you don't mind stepping back just for a second. So you had mentioned that the ambitious goal is to, uh, I guess, lessen air traffic for, for moving the mail and putting it more on the road. What's the reason for that? Well, you know, frankly, air transportation is expensive and mm -hmm. air transportation is hard to control. There's a lot of variables as to whether something is on time. And a big part of that is weather. I mean, we hear all the time about planes being stranded or planes being canceled or delayed because of bad weather passing through the country. Um, you don't have the same concerns and not to the same degree when we're moving in, in trucks over the road. Now, of course, there are still those anomalistic storms that shut down highways and make it unsafe to travel. But, you know, at the end of the day, trucking is more reliable and it's also much more affordable. And if the postal services are going to deliver on its 95% on time goal, including a lot of next day, uh, next day shipments, two day shipments and three day shipments, it has to move that volume out of the air and onto the road. And so we're going to see that $4.7 billion number of 2021 grow substantially when it comes to sort of trucking transportation as part of the Postal Service's contracting needs. Now, obviously, these past two years, what you did is definitely an essential business, essential in, in moving the mail and packages. And, and I'm sure you've seen a significant increase in the amount of traffic that you all have had to or the amount of uh, uh, goods you've had to transport. Um, how has the pandemic affected what it is that you do? Well, you know, I think in some ways it's very, our, the impact of the pandemic on, on, on postal service transportation is very similar to what we've seen in the commercial freight market. You have a significant shift towards e-commerce by individuals. You know, already that shift was occurring prior to the pandemic and the pandemic sort of accelerated that transition to e-commerce business. And the Postmaster General DeJoy recognize that as an opportunity. And he sees the Postal Service not just as the sort of the traditional uh, Postal Service that moved the mail and moved the cards and, and, and moved that marketing mail, but really as a extensive network to compete for that e-commerce business, compete with Amazon, to keep, to keep, compete with UPS and compete with FedEx. And all of these companies experience an increased volume during the pandemic. The challenge, however, on our side is that unlike the commercial freight market, postal service contractors and UPS as a service provider can't pass those costs on to the, to the shipper. The UPS can't pass those costs on to the business that's trying to move its packages through its system to reach its customers. And postal service contractors can't pass on the increased costs really to UPS. 
And so that's why the UPS has always been and continues to be the best deal in town. You can't move anything as cheaply as you move it through the postal service network. And so the pandemic puts a lot of strain on the surface transportation network because those costs went sort of through the roof in terms of cost of drivers and equipments and demands on the network. And at the same time, um, the value remained the same as it was before the pandemic. And you just didn't see that in the commercial freight market. It is pretty crazy when you think about it that for less than a dollar, uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida, right? I can put a letter in the mail and I can have it in Alaska for less than a buck, right? That, for less than a buck and probably within about a week, right? Yeah. I mean, nothing like this exists in the entire world. And I think that's what people, although they're often critical of the postal system, don't realize is that the United States postal system is the most demanding and complex supply chain in the entire world. And I think there's two really interesting statistics that, that that highlight that. And that is one, the Postal Service, I forget if it's a, it'd be a top 20 business, if it was a private business, it does $80 billion in revenue a year. But the more shocking statistic is that the Postal Service handles nearly 50% of the world's mail. Not really? just the United States mail, 50% of the world's mail pass through this network. And the Postal Service reaches, delivers to, and picks up at 161 million locations daily, Monday through Saturday. So for all the praise that we hear of Amazon Prime and next day delivery, and for all the sophistication of FedEx's and UPS's sort of networks, nobody does what the Postal Service does, mm -hmm. which also means that nobody does what Postal Service contractors do as the backbone of that supply chain, making it possible to reach those homes, reach individuals on an everyday basis, which also means that if the Postmaster General is successful in realizing his 10-year plan and making the Postal Service a real giant in e-commerce, it will be untouchable in terms of its reach to the everyday American, which also means it's going to be an invaluable resource to that business trying to move that package, move that product to that customer, you know, at their home. Now, you mentioned technology a few minutes ago and, you know, listening to this, we, we, we tend to be obviously because we're in the workers comp world. Uh, most of our listeners are uh, folks that are risk managers. We have a lot of transportation companies uh, that we do business with, uh, a lot of adjusters, those types of things. And one of the things that we hear a lot when we're talking in the in the transportation industry is with regards to technology. Sometimes that industry is slow to adopt new technology. But obviously, to be able to do what you're expected to do, you're going to have to embrace technologies. What sort of things are you integrating uh, in, in the near future that, that is going to have to be embraced by not you, but probably the rest of the transportation world? Right. So I, mean, I think that's the, that's the right perspective. Transportation is typically pretty slow to adopt change and be technolog technologically sort of forward thinking. Postal service contracting even slower than transportation writ large. But both transportation industry and postal service contracting are racing into the future. And that's because the, the demands of the modern day supply chain require a degree of visibility and efficiency that is just not possible when you're working off of a pen and paper or an Excel spreadsheet. And so, you know, right now the Postal Service is implementing seamless sort of electronic communication, often referred to as EDI, between its contractors and its contracting and logistics offices. 
They're implementing new GPS tracking requirements so that they have the visibility and will know exactly where every piece of mail is in its system at any given time and ensuring that it's arriving on time and departing on time. With that comes sophisticated fleet management software, otherwise known as a TMS, so that you can dispatch those trucks you know that you're fully utilizing your assets on the road and you're not traveling with trucks half empty. And trucks half empty not only mean you know less efficiency, it means more cost to the supplier network. And then the 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 hidden damage, if you will, to trucks moving around half empty or quarter empty is the environmental costs. Because the less efficient you're using your system, the more vehicles on the road. And the more vehicles on the road, the more emissions that are being spewed out into the atmosphere. And so with this technology, not only do we have the opportunity to capitalize on that next day guarantee, that two day guarantee, that three day guarantee, but we're also just talking about improved uh, sort of an, an multiple improvements that people are going to realize from you know better costs to a better environment and uh, the postal service and postal service contractors are working hand in hand to, to see that come to a fruition and much of the transportation industry is working in that direction um, and you know for the first time in a long time you know, trucking has kind of become sexy again Although when we talk about it being sexy, we actually don't talk about trucking, we talk about logistics, right? But when we're talking about logistics, what we're really talking about is trucking. Trucking is sexy again. And, and if you're sitting there getting into the weeds about how to move things faster and more efficiently, um, the way in which we'll, we can leverage technology is truly exciting. Sounds like a lot of the things you're explaining technology-wise would be in like the dispatcher area, in in the the planning parts of things. What about the the just average truck driver, the the person that gets in his rig every day and has to go from point A to point B? How much do they have to understand and embrace technology to make this work? It's a great question, and I think increasingly they have to, they really do have to be partners with their. Uh, with the shipper they're working for, with the fleet that they're a part of. Because as much as we try to take the human element out of transportation so that it is seamless and it is immediate, these sort of electronic communications, these dispatches, this tracking, there's always a human component to it. And that is making sure that the right data is being shared with the shipper or with the fleet operator. And that goes down to that truck driver, making sure that his equipment is running. He, you know, he indicated he started the trip He's making sure he's scanned that he picked up, you know, the, the the trailer or or the goods being moved. But it also gets down to, you know, how does technology make that job for that trucker easier or better or more sustainable? Because the reality is trucking isn't easy. Um, being on the road is a challenging life to have. And um, and for a long time, you know, truckers were kind of seen as expendable. Um, they were just another asset. We'll just put another driver in that seat. And what we've realized over time, uh, and with some organizations came to the realization much sooner, is that you know, truck drivers aren't expendable um, and they're increasingly fewer out there to, to get behind the wheel. So how do we use technology to make life better for them? How do we make sure that we're monitoring their safety? so that they can be secure on the roads um, when they're putting in those long hours. What are we doing on a health perspective? 
to protect these drivers and, and to benefit them, whether it's making sure they get scheduled breaks, that they're consuming the right food, they're hydrating, uh, they're getting the right kind of sleep. I mean, the sleep apnea issue, which has been talked about in the trucking world for, for a long time now, is a real concern because when you're you know, living a sedentary life in a chair, you know, behind a wheel, you're just not getting those health benefits that it, that you can more easily get when you're moving about and you have a more normal sort of nine to five job. And so technology can be a solution there too, that really benefits drivers and, and makes it, um, makes it a good career again. There's a generation of drivers who created a middle-class lifestyle for themselves and their families. And I think today, people think that that opportunity no longer exists and technology can be part of the solution to make it again an opportunity to achieve that American dream, to climb that ladder, to make a better life for your children. Greg, we're running short on time for this part. I know that when we had talked before recording this, you had talked about how what you all do in um, with transporting the mail is is such a family owned. A lot of the a lot of the businesses that you work with, it, this has been a generational business that's been owned. Um, but but there is a need for more folks. So would you come back next week and talk a little bit about what you're doing as an organization to try to attract drivers? And I want to talk a little bit more about the safety issue. Um, I know we've all read about uh, the need for more drivers and sometimes lowering standards to get those people. And I know that you have some plans and programs in place to try to ensure that that safety level still remains uh, in, in a good place. Would you, would you come back next week? I would love it. It'd be fantastic. It's been a fantastic opportunity. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening this week to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. Email todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. Next week, we'll finish up with Greg and learn more about recruitment, safety, and some of the new laws that could very well impact the way logistics operates in our country. Have a fantastic rest of your day.